Hi, hello, this is Patrick McCrae from the Max in McCook County. I'm a mathematician and you're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in three, two, one minute. Okay, it's 1590. It, that's the, uh, so not one, it. yeah. No, you said 1590. We're yeah. not in McCook County. Yeah. 1590. I know, but, but, but it's common, commonly known as 1590. 1590, and, McCook, and it's McCook, McCook County, County, and it's McCook, Illinois. Yeah. We'll try it again, Pat. It's okay. It was a good start, though. Just, uh, Take two. And if you want to do the rim shot, you got to hold it over here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is Patrick McRae. From the Midwest Pond and Koi Society, you're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in three, two, one minute. <laughs> this thing here intrigues me. I just spotted it. One near you, yeah. It says uh, cantaloupe in the shape of a dill pickle. Dill pickle, that's right. <laughs> Uh, that's hard for me to imagine. I wonder, I wonder, would it be possible for you, uh, Parnell, to open one of these sacks and to describe and show our viewers uh, just one of these specimens? I know they're quite you want, nice to see. want me to open one of the sacks right would here? Would you like huh? to see some of these uh, specimens? I'm sure they would. So if it's uh, not too much bother, Parnell, no. would you do that? No, that's not too much trouble. You sure you want to see it? I think I can just remove the tape. There you are. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Oh, hey, here, here. Well, don't give it to me. Boy, that smells terrible. You've got That's... to realize this fresh produce is four or five years old. Oh, man. That cantaloupe shaped like a dill pickle I picked up in September of 72. That's well, six years listen, old. I don't care about the date. Just uh, seal it up, will you? I mean, it's really getting to me. That's It's getting me in the eyes. Well, you know... Oh, it man. just doesn't seem to be any way of keeping odd-shaped fruit and vegetables odd-shaped. I haven't found it anyway. That's why I put the stickers across the top of the bag. Well, well actually, what you have here is, uh, is garbage. <laughs> Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston... Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome. At 847. A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in 
Well, heck, folks, I ha- I had at least seven or eight seconds to spare there just to, to get everything ready. So uh, someday we've got to do we're, we're going to do a, a documentary of behind the scenes <laughs> on how we start this. And we're going to be breaking you know, like in two minutes, three minutes here because uh, uh, of, of the long intro. But, I, you know, I just love Bob and Ray. I have to throw that. And of course, that countdown for the show was a stitch. We did that at the Midwest Pond and Koi show, uh, Midwest uh, Pond and Koi Society show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we just had a great time there. With our mathematician friend. With our mathematician friend, uh, Mr. McRae, Pat McRae, and he was... The best part was the second time he did it, and he had just, like, given up. He's like, I can't do this. (laughs) Okay. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, Later in the program, um, well, I was going to tell the duck story, okay? Well, can you tell it quickly? Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not going to tell it quickly. I want to tell the whole story. So I'm going to do that later on. I think maybe uh, at the end of this hour. Um, And and there's, you know, and I need more ducks. Uh, and I need I I need a, a mama duck in there too. In fact, there's a <laughs> I love it. One hour of duck sounds. I'm here on YouTube. One hour of duck sounds. All right. What do we got? Where are they? <laughs> you can get anything on the internet you, you, you now. Quack me uh, up. Uh, but oh, and I don't have the rim shot set up. Come on, you can't do that. You can't do that to me. Oh well, that's that's kind of the way it goes. But yeah, that's what we will do. Uh at some point uh, I will tell uh the story of uh the ducks uh because it happened to me the other day in uh, on my way to play golf with Rick DeMaio and my friend David Stewart, news guy. Um and I can't do it now because it's a, it's a real story. And so we'll we'll do that at the end of the hour, but uh we have in the first hour Edith Macra uh, with the GRC2, Greenest Region Compact. That's what GRC. The two is there. Uh, it's really the GRC, the Greenest Region Compact, and it's how a bunch of cities in northern Illinois getting together to do sustain, sustainable stuff. And it's she's like the boss of it. Not really, but she's the organizer, and she's you're going to enjoy the conversation with Edith Macra. I've known her for a long time. Second hour, Tony Abruscato. From the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, they're doing something that tastes of Chicago. And Peggy and I are going to be out there on Friday. We'll tell you about it in a little bit. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. One of McHenry County's premier sustainability events is coming up, and now's the time to sign up. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place in November, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items. And if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts, being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season. Last year's event attracted more than 1,100 visitors. Peggy and I were there and I bowled pumpkins for compost. It's a fun way to interact with the green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? 
This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakenings, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And if you're from Chicago, you know this song. Uh, if you're not from Chicago, you're, you're thinking, what? What's that? And I was one of those people because I, I came to uh, the city uh, from Detroit. And, um, and folks played this thing, and I said, what's that? And it's about Lakeshore Drive, which runs along Lake Michigan. Uh, in uh, in the city, and uh, it's a really cool drive, and you get to see the lake on one side and the buildings on the other, and uh, it was sort of a minor, well, it was a major hit in Chicago and a minor hit, I think, maybe someplace else or maybe never got played anywhere else. I don't know. I, I know it's one of those things you presume everybody's heard, but... Nope, and yeah. uh, I, I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I came here, what? What's that? But then you soon soon learn about it, and I hope those guys got rich off off of their one hit wonder there, Lakeshore. Mr. Eliota Haynes, Mr. Jeremiah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Eliota Haynes, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, and yep. Jeremiah, and sometimes they call it LSD, stands for Lakeshore Drive. So there's there's your musical uh, uh, education for the day. And looking over, seeing the lady in the sundress here. Uh, that is Edith Macra, and hi, Edith. How are you? Hi, Mike. Hi, Peggy. Good morning. Good uh, afternoon. Have, Good day. I have known uh, Edith for a long time. Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you, my head's chopped off there, do so. Uh, yeah, and I'm kind of uh, getting a little yeah, cut here too. Headroom, headroom. We're looking at Hello. our Facebook Live, and you can join us on Facebook Live. By the way, uh, just go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook Sunday mornings, nine to eleven a.m. Central Time. Uh, and it's also up there during the week. Once it gets posted, it's there, and you can click on it and see uh, the video of the show uh, anytime. Uh, and you can go to MikeNovak.net for podcasts, and I'll even put last week's up uh, any day now. I think uh, <laughs> I got kind of behind. But that's going up. Yeah, but you had a great golf game. I had a terrific golf game. I had a really – and I played on a perfect day. So we'll talk about that later, too. Uh, but Edith Macra is in the studio, and, and Edith – I've known you for a long, long time. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of different jobs. Yep. You, uh, you're one of those people that's 
been searching for the perfect fit, and I think you found it. Um, I, I just have to say Lakeshore Drive. So back when I learned about how to, and you'll introduce me, I'm just cutting in. Oh, um, that's okay. But on um, Lakeshore Drive, it once was a pleasure drive. So it was part of the uh, Emerald Necklace in Chicago and got built up as as um, those locally will know that it was more of a, looked more like a highway. And under the Daly administration, he wanted to bring it back to Pleasure Drive. So I was his assistant at the time. And there are trees in the center of Lakeshore Drive because I was working on a staff. I know. And yeah. I saw that. I went uh, to look at uh, information about you, and I didn't realize that you had a lot to do with putting the the vegetation in the center of yeah. Lakeshore Drive, mm-hmm. which happened then all over the city. It did. It started it, with Lakeshore Drive, and the idea was to break up concrete. And, you know, it, it originally started as traffic calming mm-hmm. um, was what it was about, was safety. Traffic calming? Traffic calming, they call it. But really? if I, you... I've never... Wait, give that a... <laughs> 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 that's 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 pretty interesting, and of course, uh, the reason they call it uh, traffic calming is because you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. You know, and uh, <laughs> that happens. And, 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 and Lakeshore got... drives typically people drive at at least twenty over the limit. Yeah. So. Well, but they, everybody does that everywhere on every highway across the country. But right. But the idea is is that reintroducing nature, you know, it, it naturally triggers mm-hmm. people to slow down and makes them feel better and less aggressive. And so that's really – it has a function. But if you know anything about the value of nature in and amongst us in urban environments, it has that same effect. How you actually behave because you're around nature impacts you differently. So it reduces crime. It improves quality of life. and But in, it can be used in, in, in slowing traffic down and preventing – do you have do you have uh, stats on that? I do from my days in urban forestry. So wow. yeah, yeah, it's really neat, uh, really neat stuff. But that was the reason for it. And of course, it, you know, if uh, it looks like it always belonged on Lakeshore Drive, it looks like it always belonged in the medians in the city. And I will have to say, it uh, other cities copied the idea once it was you know reintroducing vegetation. You start to see other um, other communities around the region do it. Well, it became very, very popular here, and you're right. And I had no idea that that you were behind it. And what I used to do, Mayor is, Daly was behind it. I just was the. I just carried it were, out. You were, I carried it out. Yeah. So did Richie go down? He, was he pretty much sent me a note and says, "I want trees." This is this is literally the true story. He sent me a note in old inter-office mail and said, "I want trees down Lakeshore Drive, down the center of Lakeshore Drive." And I said, Make it "My twenty-seven-year-old <laughs> self said, okay, and." <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's that's kind of cool, but but that's the way he used to govern. Uh, our old mayor Daly, our, our actually our young mayor Daly, and then there was the old mayor Daly, which is from what I heard about him, he would send these little notes and yeah, say, that's true. "I want this done. Get yep. this get this done Make now. I want I want these trees." Yep. And and then so we got trees all over the city. Uh, thank goodness he liked trees. He uh, that was trees. a he loves trees. Although okay, I now as long as we're, we're telling <laughs> stories. I heard a story once that he happened to be going down a block and there were Kentucky coffee trees. Do you know this story? I don't know the story, no. Okay. The story being that he's driving down a street. It's in spring. Kentucky coffee trees, when they're young, look like sticks that you've set in Mm -hmm. the ground. They're not particularly attractive until they leaf out. And he said, "What what is that? You know? 
Get them out of here. I don't want those. I don't want those trees. I don't like those trees. They don't look good. Wait, wait, wait. They are beautiful. They're gorgeous. Yeah. When yeah, you gorgeous. see, he got he got a little impatient. Yeah, he yeah. needs to see mature Kentucky yes. coffee. And and that story may be apocryphal. Who knows? I have. <laughs> but with Richie Daly, it was he was a man of whim. Yes. Um, but good whim good when whim. it came, when it came mm-hmm. to uh, things. So the uh, the uh, uh, the environment. So. That leaves yep. you, and so you've worked with the city of Chicago, and, and that actually leads us into this discussion because uh, you worked at one of the biggest municipalities in the country uh, and in the world, and uh, you've worked at the Morton Arboretum. You were the tree advocate there. You've uh, you've been uh, – what's the other I've, – I've got a list of, of your accomplishments oh, here. I worked in uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was doing community assistance on mm-hmm. urban forestry as well. I mean, and every America time I would blooms. talk to you, you'd be working on something new. Yeah. And then for the last few years, you've been working with uh, this organization that is called the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. And basically, it's a bunch of cities in the northern, northeastern part mm-hmm. of, of Illinois who've gotten together and said, you know what? We may need to make life more livable uh, for our, our, our citizens. And so they try to work together, and just one component of that is the Environmental Committee, Correct. which you are the director of. Correct. And out of the Environmental Committee has come this thing called the Greenest Region Compact, sometimes known as GRC2, because this is the second version of it the is. Greenest Region Compact. Um and you just hit a milestone, didn't you? I did. I did. So first I have to say, uh, just to kind of follow on my, my comments about working for Mayor Daly. So when I worked for Mayor Daly, um, and I was just a kid, but I realized, as I was an advocate before that, I worked for Open Lands Project mm-hmm. as, a, uh, as an advocate in urban forestry. Yet another uh, yeah. organization <laughs> that we can add to the list, yes. Um, and I, I, my eyes were just were wide open by the process, and I said, wow, this is how things get done. And I have to say, mayors are really cool people. Um, They are the champions and cheerleaders for their community. And Mm -hmm. I now work for 275 of them. One of them is Rahm Emanuel and the rest Mm -hmm. are not. So it's (laughs) it's a primarily suburban uh, coalition of of municipalities. We are a not-for-profit council of governments. This Greenest Region Compact, um, we uh, we can talk a little bit more about what it is, but the milestone is that we've got 100 municipalities on board with the Greenest Region Compact. Well, congratulations! So, yeah. That's that. That is a milestone. So you've got a hundred communities who are, who have decided to work together uh, to try to green up their cities and mm-hmm. and and uh, employ environmental techniques to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, these we, are suburbs of all sizes and locations in Northeast Illinois. Absolutely correct. We have um, the smallest community we have is eight hundred and thirty-seven people. Um, and then we have the city of Chicago on board. So uh, together we have more than 5 million uh, residents that wow. are impacted by the Greenest Region Compact, which is this, uh, cons- I call it a consensus uh, uh, set of sustainability goals. Yeah. And that's what we've all agreed to, that these goals are really important and that we want to work collaboratively um, to achieve them So th- uh, together through the region and then individually in the communities they are on board with those goals. So 
it's clearly articulating what's important, and it's broadly sustainability. So uh, sustainability, when I started working in the environmental world, it was very much about the environment and about recycling and about tangible things and nature and water. And, and I've got a question later about yeah. recycling, but we'll get to yeah. that. Okay. I know, so like, not, I'm a little weak on recycling, but I'll see what I can, uh, what I can but, do. But this is a broader picture, yeah. so uh, you, you'll appreciate that because part of what you're doing is a broader picture, although you do guys, your, your municipalities get into the weeds right. about specifics Absolutely. And, and they agree to do and things. We've got certain strengths in there. Um, the the broader area of sustainability now has to do with people. So, you know, once uh, once sustainability or environmentalism grew up, it started to say, well, this has to be uh, inclusive of what makes sense economically, and mm-hmm. it has to uh, improve the quality of lives of people. And um, in many ways, that that uh, that's just in civic engagement and participation and uh, access to education and things. So it can be sprawling, but there's a lot of things. Arts, culture, these are all things that are included in the Greenest Region Compact of Sustainability Goals. Is this something, uh, is this a model that other states can employ? Sure. Is, um, I mean, is, is that part of why you're doing this too, to show other states, uh, hey, this is how municipalities work together and get things done? We start. I started doing it at the mayor's caucus because it's it's uh, the mayor's caucus is a tiny organization. So we have five people um, working on us, and mm-hmm. the environment is one program. So um, and one of them is part time. So it's very very tiny, and we don't have the resources to kind of go. How down. do you have two hundred seventy five municipalities covering five million people and have five yeah, staff? Yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a uh, we, so we have to work effectively. And for municipalities, they're in the same boat. So. Um, there, there. We don't have large staffs. Any, any yeah. of the municipalities. Um, there are only, uh, I believe, three communities in the in our membership that have full time sustainability directors. So the larger cities sometimes do, mm-hmm. but we all want to do good things and the right things. So we wanted to streamline our efforts and to mm-hmm. be most effective. So that's why we did it. You know, it was about how do I make the best um, of this amazing resource I have with these municipalities that are diverse and exciting and interesting and brings such education and knowledge and expertise and local situation and uh, to the table, um, but not not spin our wheels. And how do we listen to the environmental advocacy groups that say you should be doing this? Or the government programs, when a grant comes up, you know, sometimes that'll, I'll get notice of a grant and say, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, <laughs> is this a priority? Or Edith, hey, we really need to get you on board with food scrap composting. And I would, you know, I, the question was why? Um, so I turned, interesting because yeah. we talked we've over the years have talked a lot about that on this program because mm-hmm. I think it's really important given how much food we waste in the United States and yes. just goes into landfills, which is unconscionable. It is. Uh, so yeah. why wouldn't you get a hundred municipalities on board with that? Yeah, well, we do. Um, okay. it's, it's on board with that, but we um, so the. <laughs> It's a matter of, um, and Mayor Sam Cunningham of Waukegan, shout out to one of my Greenest Region Compact communities. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sat down with him, and he's a relatively new mayor, big city, uh, lots of environmental um, issues and concerns, and he wants to step out ahead. Um, and we talked about the Greenest Region Compact, and he said, you know, we need to stay in our lane. What can we do well? And so the Greenest Region Compact really was about municipalities finding their um, exercising where they're strong at. And I'll use a solar example in a minute. What are we good at? And Actually, what... that's the one I want to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an excellent example in terms of solar, uh, what, what we can do. But the whole Greenest Region Compact was about um, putting our collective heads together. So it's very common for municipalities where, you know, we're, we're, all of us are 
not-for-profit and uh, limited resources, we often copy one another. Mm -hmm. So municipalities will say, okay, let's write this ordinance or let's look at this policy um, or let's develop a sustainability plan. So we'll collect from other communities around us, and this happens all over the country, that municipalities will say, let's share or copy one another. So that's a great idea. Let's look at what everybody has to say. And so how it was put together, I think, is part of the success, Peggy, what you said about including municipalities of all sizes and strengths, as I like to say, is we pulled them all in. So it was a a rather long research process to get the Greenest Region Compact together. And we looked at what every community is doing. So I looked at a a study area bigger throughout throughout Mm -hmm. Illinois, um, 290 communities, and I looked at what the programs they were already involved in and doing that were really popular. Energy efficiency was one of them. Mm-hmm. It was just everybody. Right. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody it, was doing You it. know why? It pays off. It makes sense. It really does. It you, that's it where you save money. You save uh, money. Uh, okay, I can take it, take it to a personal level. Uh, I've talked to Ron Calgill, uh, who's uh, hosts Mighty House here on uh, WCGO on Saturday mornings, 7 to 10 a.m. Give him a ding. <laughs> All right. And I've talked about doing solar. On my house, he said, first, get your insulation done. We'll talk solar later. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do first yep. things first. Yep. So retrofitting is much more important than any other project. Right. Once you get that done, then you can move forward. Correct. And so it's, it's foundational. So, you know, right, what, right. Are the, what are the appropriate steps to do? And kind of back to we all have not a lot of resources. Let's make the best decisions. So if yeah. energy efficiency, the utilities have funding for this, let's go for it. So we looked at what all these programs are that are making sense. And, and uh, put it into a database and just get that got mm-hmm. integrated. Then we read all the sustainability plans we could find. And we looked from communities that had started this as pioneers. Um, Elburn, tiny community of Elburn um, in the western fringe. We looked at Evanston, one of the leading communities. That's where uh, Joe Hygen from uh, Shady Hill oh, okay. Gardens yeah. is, uh, is out in Elburn. Yeah. yeah. And we had sustainability plans that were two pages that were done by environmental committees or volunteers in the municipality. We had, you know, 60-page uh, ones that were d- – done by consultants. And we put them all together. And then what are you doing already? And what do you want to do based on the sustainability plans that we read? Mm -hmm. And squished it together or synthesized it is the big word I use. Um, And it... (laughs) Uh, It's a big document now with all these great ideas on steps to move forward. And great links to resources. Yeah. And it's meant to be, it's just kind of a pull together. It's big. Some people get intimidated by what's called the framework, the Greenest Region Mm -hmm. Compact framework, because it's this big Chinese menu of all these things that you could do. What I did then, working for mayors, um, is uh, let the goals, the high-level goals, float up to the top. Mm-hmm. And those are on two pages. So that's what's the actual Greenest ah. Region Compact. And they're very high-level goals. So the overarching goal in terms in terms of solar is advanced renewable energy. And then there's another goal to enact policies yeah. to support clean All right. energy. Make it simple. All right. Yep. That's uh, Edith Macra. Uh, we're going to talk more on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We hope you stick around. From boat to doorstep. You can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Open Lands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connections to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from your childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse their collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. That's tree-stories.org.
Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And, of course, we're with uh, Edith Macra, who's from the Environment Committee of the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. And you probably don't even know what that is. I mean, that's another thing. You, uh, you have to uh, educate people and let them know. But now you've got the glory days where you ride with the mayor of Waukegan yeah. down the down whatever highway. <laughs> highway 40, 41, right? Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> and we we point at things and say, I want that tree there. Give me that uh-huh. tree. Uh, it's a shame. Actually, so some of the mayors, um, I was talking to former mayor of Westchester when I first got to know him, and we were talking about emissions policy. So this Westchester is a small community, right, 15,000 right. or whatever, suburb of Chicago. And uh, we, the the topic was air, air, uh, air emissions and emissions policies. And he said, yeah, I can't get my, my officers to stop idling. He said, I was pulling weeds in front of City Hall the other day, and I had to go tap on their window. And I'm like, could we back up a little bit to the part where you're pulling weeds in front of City Hall? So suburban mayors are very, very different. They're the yeah. roll up your sleeves. Yeah. They're the ones that are, you know, they, I get texts from them at 11 o'clock at night. They just got home from a city council meeting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they, it's not it's not like it was in the big city where you can snap your fingers and say, make it happen. It's more like, yeah, but okay, but the, yeah. the, diff- the problem with that, all right. You say you you were excited in a big city yeah. and, and this is how it happens and you yeah. snap your fingers and it happens. But it doesn't happen if you can't get anybody's attention. And that's right. the problem with a big city is mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people yep, waving their arms and going, please notice me. Please do this, please. And nobody's paying attention. So, yeah, that one thing, because you happen to be with the mayor and the mayor said this and, yay, right. it got done right away. What about the uh, other hundred things that didn't get done uh, that people are saying, this we desperately right. need this it's and true. we can't get anybody's attention? Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a democracy. And so uh, not to get political, but uh, local government is one area where democracy really still works very well, where you can have access to um, your leaders and you can be part of the decision making. So in uh, the suburban communities and across the country, there are citizen commissions, which are voluntary. Uh, they're basically literally a team of volunteers that are commissioned by uh, the village board or the city council to say, help me with special events or arts or veterans affairs or the environment. 
Um, they're mm. planning and zoning commissions. And so we, I work with a lot of sustainability and environment commissions that are part of the decision-making process. They were the, mm-hmm. some of the ones that uh, crafted the, the environment or the sustainability plans that went into the Greenest Region Compact. So you can still, if you have a complaint or you want to be heard, you know, you can step <laughs> up and volunteer. And by the way, if you want to find out more about the Greenest Region Compact, uh, sometimes known as uh, GRC or GRC2, Two. go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and... M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K. You can get the the links there, but you can also go, uh, if they wanted to go straight to uh, the Mayor's Caucus. Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. Metropolitan <laughs> Mayor's Caucus. I was just doing the yeah. short shorthand version. Yeah. but uh, And that Sorry. website is? MetropolitanMayorsCaucus.org. All right. All right. Let's talk about a couple of your goals here. Sure. Uh, we were talking renewable energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a, a pro, uh, there's a, a national designation program called SolMart. SolSmart. Soul SolSmart. Soul what is that, and how do these communities sure. participate? So SOL Smart. Just to be clear, so if people yeah. aren't reading that, it's about solar uh, being solar smart, and this is perfectly addressing that stay in our lane. What can we do well, and what can we do well together? So um, you might have heard there was big legislation in Illinois passed um, about two, a year and a half ago now called the Future Energy Jobs Act, which fixes Illinois' standing. We were 30 in the country on solar. And uh, there's, there's, a lot, there's so many opportunities that we need to catch. It fixes a lot of things in um, energy policy in Illinois. But it was about to unlock um, a lot of resources for solar. And municipalities, everybody wants to get in on that bandwagon. How can we grow solar? And there's opportunities in municipalities. We wanted to. One of the easy things to do would be to put solar on City Hall. Um, and that's common across the country. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, you know, we're so green in our community, we have solar on top of City Hall. Well, I, I won't get into the energy policy unless you want to, but in Illinois, it's very difficult for municipalities to justify any expense um, of investing for anything in energy because of the way our relationships with the utilities. So that's complicated. That wasn't an easy win for us. So we can't really put solar on City Hall. You're looking at me like you want me to explain that, do you? Well, I don't want you to, no, to get too far right. into it, but but it, yeah, oh, there's always a roadblock. Yeah. Why are utilities always a roadblock, it feels like? We're working on it. I will say we're working on They're trying supposed to, to be helping fix that. people, but yeah. no, it's just that rules and regs and, and you can't have this power. And, you know, in some states will say, hey, we're going to tax you if you yeah. try to use the free sun, energy from the sun because utilities. You know, what the heck? It's just to say it's uh, – there's it, – as technology changes, policies need to come along with it. So we'll kind of leave it at that. And it seemed, what, what happened with the utilities and municipalities seemed like a good idea at the time. And now that we're ready for solar, we're re- revisiting that. So and in the in uh, there was a big study that Cook County did on um, community solar and community solar says that maybe, you you know, you're waiting to get solar on uh, your home. But what if you live in an apartment or what if you don't have the right orientation oh, on your roof? So. Right. Exa- mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Yeah. And, and, and my friend, well, there's Le- too many trees, too many trees. Lisa Yay, Albrecht trees. says do community solar. Right. And I'm like, yeah, let's get you let's know. get it rolling. However, that's a hard sell because well, everybody's got a different agenda in, you know, yeah. in their own homes. We've got uh, my environment committee meet, is meeting tomorrow, uh, so I'm convening them um, in the largest P, uh, rooftop uh, solar installation, or PV, photovoltaic, that stands for, uh, in the Midwest. And it's on a company called Magid Glove in Romeoville. Hmm. 
Um, it's not community solar. They're using all of their energy there. But we're discussing community solar policy and what's the right role for municipalities to do. So anyway, back to SolSmart. SolSmart was one of those opportunities. We can't really – we're not solar developers. We don't have the resources. We don't really have the land. Some communities have the land uh, to do the development. But what should we do that's a be- our best fit for advancing solar? And this program is not our program. We just participate in it. It's a great program, though, called SolSmart. Mm-hmm. And it's a Department of Energy, U.S. Department of Energy-funded project and a not-for-profit group in Washington set up. What is the roadmap for communities to fix the policies that they can fix. So in in if say for example, and it was Lisa Albrecht, you might want to give her a ding. Lisa Albrecht from um, Illinois Solar Energy Association and Leslie McCain said, you know, we could really use your help on solar codes. What's local? And said, for example, in because of lack of understanding and just because technology changes and codes need to policies need to get caught up, she said she tried to put a solar installation in one community and they said, We'll permit you to do that on your building as long as the solar panels match the roof color. Well, solar panels only work if they're black or blue. Yeah. So if you want to try to go, you know, this is just a silly policy. Well, let's go as municipalities and rake through our policies and procedures and make sure that our electrical inspectors. So when a a developer or a property owner goes to apply for a building permit and wants to put solar on, make sure that we know those building building inspectors and, and building commissioners are educated and help. How can we make this easier and faster for you to go solar? How can we not be the obstacle? So SolSmart's yeah. basically about clearing out all those obstacles in municipalities. And that the code gets changed. The code gets changed. So we uh, SolSmart recommends um, a model codes for us. We set up a whole bunch of trainings. with. Uh, we went to the Illinois Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. They have mm-hmm. a beautiful facility in Alsip yeah. where they do training uh, for electri- uh, union electricians on new technologies. I used to be a IBEW. Were guy. you? Yeah. Oh, you got to go to their facility local, and talk to them. Local 1220. All right, there we go. They are, uh, what they're doing to just be ready for solar. So yeah, there's a lot happening. huge training programs. Yeah. Oh, wonderful training programs on renewable energy. So we shared those resources across our cohort and the cohort of communities. We had uh, communities sign the Greenest Region Compact and said, would you like to work for uh, work together on that goal to advance renewable energy? There's specific strategies actually in the Greenest Region Compact framework mm-hmm. that says, let's clean up our, our uh, building codes. Let's look at our zoning codes. I was looking at, uh, you mentioned 12 communities that were mm-hmm. involved. Why aren't all 100 jumping on board? Well, we just, uh, was it last Friday, got um, the 30th, June 30th, whatever that was, I think it was the week before, um, got an uh, announcement from uh, the Solar Foundation that we have another contract or grant. So okay. we'll be doing 17 more communities. Because yeah. we're tiny and it's our capacity and it's pretty good. <laughs> so, however, Mike, this is, we're the largest cohort of communities to be. We have more SolSmart designated communities in Illinois than the, than the other states, including mm-hmm. the solar states of California and yeah. Colorado. And that's... You know, that's working together, putting I was looking together. on the Soul Smart website and they had a map. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Chicago's got this huge concentration yeah. and the rest of the country three couple Here dots. Yeah. Denver's well, got a clump and that's about it. And that's because you're working together, together and yeah. that's the whole yeah, point. And not reinventing the wheel. Right. Precisely. And, and you know, there's just not enough of us to go around. So we're linking arms and getting this done. So, yeah, we're really proud. We'll start that in uh, the fall. We'll start another another group of communities, of, again, of all sizes and uh, strengths that uh, that want to work together. The counties are on board, mm-hmm. too. We have five of those seven And counties. that's why I asked about the uh, the potential of the Greenest Region Compact going national, people mm-hmm. using this as a blueprint for how they can get communities mm-hmm. involved. Because you, you would like, as you mentioned... Uh, and and I think it's really important. Sometimes you got to do an end around right. our national government, okay? Because they're not as enlightened as they should be. So if you can get the uh, communities together, that would be correct. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we know how it works we're, here. We're being polite this morning. As, that is <laughs> as polite as I can get. So let's. So that's that's the solar end, and yep. you're and you're getting people in that. Here's another one that uh, you guys talk about, and that's the beautiful landscapes that are good for the environment. Everybody right. loves a beautiful landscape, but it's not always good for the environment, as you know, right. because you've been in horticulture for forever, right. like I have, watching different things happen and, and different ways that we can. You know, there, there are trends that come and go, and one of the great trends is towards native plants. Mm-hmm. All right, we're, we're finally figuring that out that no maybe we don't want to rip them all up and then put some you right. know here here we've got uh, let's put still adoro daylilies out yeah. yeah yeah or or you know and there's nothing wrong with a daylily if in its place but because we're going to mention the daylily society later but uh it's crazy to take plants in illinois rip them up and put yeah. in plants from california exactly. why don't you just leave them where they are and and grow that way. So tell me about uh, part of it has yeah. to do with milkweed and the monarch butterfly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, my, yeah, my horticultural interest, we had we uh, addressed a lot in the Greenest Region Compact um, on uh, sustainable landscapes that also provide uh, uh, that are kind of basically good for the environment. Yeah. So that's where we started. Um, and this was a surprise to me. Uh, so one of the things that we that I can do and working together regionally is look for resources to mm-hmm. say um, and leverage the fact that we have so many communities on board with the same goal um, and try to try to get grant grant funding for all of those communities. So I put out a call to my Greenest Region Compact communities and said, hey, there's an opportunity for us to uh, apply for funding for monarch butterfly habitat, basically monarch gardens. Who might be interested? My first time, and I didn't get the grant, I have to admit that, but um, what I found was this great passion that communities have, and again, all throughout the Chicago region, for little patches of uh, monarch or pollinator habitat, big patches of pollinator habitat for educating residents, Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that communities can do really well. Uh, So yeah, we had 21 communities that applied for this, and we were able to track, you know, how many acres they're trying to restore, and we'll keep at it because there's such a tremendous interest. And again, I cannot believe that you can't get all 100 on board for something as universal as a monarch. Probably and, could, and, but I don't know if I can answer all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is Edith Macra. You know what? Let's let's continue this. We're talking the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus and Greenest Region Compact. We'll be right back. From Wisconsin to Indiana, from Lake Michigan to St. Charles, see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in the area on the Midwest Pond and Koi Society Annual Garden and Pond Tour, July 21st and 22nd and 28th and 29th. Get your maps for the self-guided tour at mpks.org and at local businesses throughout Chicagoland. It's only $15, and tour hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on each day. Get inspiration for your own garden and pond. Go to mpks.org. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, 
and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and our guest today is Edith Macra uh, from the Environment Committee of the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. That might not mean a lot to you, uh, but if you research it, you find out that this is how things get done. This is how things get done in politics, in government, uh, locally, uh, and in regions. Uh, and, and basically, there are 200 and 75 cities, towns, villages that are part of the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. And the Environment Committee works with, with them, and they have just gotten 100 of those communities to sign on to something called the Greenest Region Compact. And we're talking about parts of that. And we talked about monarch butterflies. We talked about solar. I want to talk real quick about recycling. And you say this is, but this is just something. I'm working on it. So uh, let's, see, let's, see can, let's see if I can do it. Well, when I heard you've got a meeting tomorrow, now I'm, like, now yeah. I'm interested because mm-hmm. I, I, I want you to go in there and, and I want to know why. And this is something that's come up recently. Uh, Peggy and I talk about uh, recycling issues all the time and, and uh, what you can and can't recycle. And there's um, wishful recycling is right. the latest thing that's, that's popped mm-hmm. up. People throw things in their recycling bins that cannot be recycled. Now, when you throw in a garden hose, yeah, that's kind of dumb. All right. And, and, and some of the other stuff that people throw in there that's just really not very smart. However, when somebody throws in a hard plastic clamshell that they bought blueberries in, that's not dumb. That, and it, and it says one on it. Sometimes. It says a, yeah. It has a. And what you find out is the symbol does not mean its recyclability. The symbol me, merely is uh, refers to the kind of plastic it is. Well, that's dumb, because I look at that and I go, well, then you've just confused uh, pretty much three hundred million people who are trying to do things right. And and you can get all up on your horse and say, well, we didn't put the symbol on there to tell you what you could recycle well why not why don't we have that so my feeling is what one of the things about recycling is that it differs from municipality to municipality mm-hmm. one of the huge problems we have in this country about recycling is, is there's no national standard all right yeah there are the numbers but as we found out you can have as peggy said you can have a one on a clamshell and yet it might not be recyclable in your in your community and it might be recyclable someplace else correct so why can't we bring 100 communities together or 275 in this case mm-hmm. and say you know what we're going to set a regional standard and then let the recycling industry catch up with us 
Oh, that's a good one. How much I do know? I can I, I can, I can talk about this because <laughs> this is a policy thing. If you're asking me what numbers can get recycled, that's where I'm a little bit weak. Um, no, so, no, 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 yeah, I don't want that. I'm talking policy. Well, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I, how do we make it happen? With right. Policy? And I do. I'm how to make it happen. I will tell you why it's not happening, and that and that is. Um, there are different industries that, and, and this is my opinion. I'm not a recycling right. expert, but this is. Uh, and we did have a. We, so I get together my environment committee um, uh, about, about once a month, and a couple of months ago in February, we went to a municipal recycling facility in Grace Lake. So waste management hosted us, and we got to see what single stream. So all the mixed, you put everything yeah. that you that is recyclable and things that you wish were recyclable. Boy, it's amazing the garden hoses and the sure. clothing that kids gets, toys. Kids toys that gets pulled out of there is not recyclable. And it gets um, thrown into one end of a giant factory and there's an amazing complexity of machinery mm-hmm. um, that sorts this stuff and puts out a, a a product at the end, which is the commodity. So you put its kind of garbage in garbage but recycling um, it goes into the system and it comes out as a commodity and there are different markets for the different streams of this so that's basically one industry who's buying the recycled plastic there's also an issue which is on a policy level which is kind of pressing your your point about what goes into the material and the garden hoses and everything because it's contaminated now and there was a certain Mm -hmm. level of contamination that was tolerated by markets most of our material in the midwest goes to china or india they're buying the recl- they're buying the plastic. They're buying the not the- so much anymore. Not so much anymore. Mm. And then what? And, happened and we're blaming China. We're saying, how come you're not taking our garbage? Yeah, <laughs> just laugh when I say that. Well, why don't you? Why don't we figure out well, how to deal with our yeah. own garbage? So now, so the the point is, is that the China tightened the standards, and right. now they're not accepting the material. But our whole systems are set up to be putting out this output of of product that isn't that was at this lower standard. Mm-hmm. So we have to adjust, and part of that then goes upstream to the other industries. So what are the um, the consumer products that are stamping? Uh, you know, the, the chasing arrows with a number on it on the right. bottom and the packaging materials. That moves into, so you've got, you know, the the producers of these different products and the packaging industries and such. At, at a higher level is something called product stewardship. Um, have you talked about product stewardship? Basically, um, there's an organization called the Product Stewardship Inst- right. Institute yes. with different affiliates. It's and been a while since I had them on the show. But yeah. yeah. So that that deals more with the policies at the high level. Okay. Um, we also talked about something, uh, medical sharps. But, right but now. the policies mm-hmm. at the high level yeah. and the low level are not matching. They're not. Not at a, all. No. And, 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 and you've got these people who want to do the right thing, but they don't know how to do the right thing. And part of it's education. There's not enough education. Right. And it's not simple enough. It and should it, be it should be simple is right. one of the things. I yeah. was gonna say and industries putting out new products all the time yeah. that the policies aren't keeping up with. Right. And yeah, now they've and now they've got blue plastic instead of green plastic or you know, and right. and that creates a further problem. I mean, you and I know that, Edith, from the horticultural industry. The horticultural industry creates its own problems and it's got it's got tons and tons and tons of plastic that can't be re- that can be recycled some places and cannot be recycled at other places. And generally the municipality where a homeowner buys a black plastic pot, they cannot recycle that. They right. can't. So what do they do? Except the they, homeowner thinks it's recyclable and throws it in, it in the bin. There. And then it gets contaminated. It contaminates the, the output of the, the product stream, which makes it even harder to and make the And I can't figure happen. out why we can't solve this problem. It's, you know, we, we went down this road where we said, don't worry. Oh, well, first of all, we separated everything in the bins, and that was actually good. You had your glass, you, you had your paper, you had uh, mm-hmm. what uh, the and, and the metal. Oh, right. And then we said, 
Oh, that costs too much money. We can't do that. Hey, let's put them all on the single stream. Well, then that created all kinds of problems, all kinds of contamination, because we were trying to do it on the cheap instead of doing it right. right. And now we're stuck there, and we can't get back. And now we're saying things, well, maybe we shouldn't recycle glass, and maybe we shouldn't recycle batteries, and maybe, you know, and then all the things get illuminated. So what are we recycling? Back to paper? So right. it's now paper drives? That's what recycling is in America? Now, that's a sort of simplification of it, but... I'm so annoyed by this. Yep. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I don't disagree with you on that. And, and I think the policies, and, and what's so interesting is is the grassroots desire, this wish cycling. People want to do the right thing. when you know. And the reason that these materials get put in, into the recycle bin that are that are inappropriate is because people feel guilty throwing things out, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know. I do. The, gra- the grassroots activism, I will say that from my observation in this, is is that there seems to be conflict. I would say probably the, the level for action is at the state level. We're not going to mm-hmm. necessarily get a national one, I think. Yeah, but, but at the but, state but, level, we could But you got, you've got 275 communities yeah. working together on other stuff. Why can't you sit them down in a room and say, Mike Novak said, you've got to solve this problem right now. Okay? And I'll you know, it. they will jump. They I will, will try. They, they will <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'll give it a shot and I'll get back to you. <laughs> no, uh, ser- seriously, though, why can't you guys leverage the mm-hmm. industry? Let's get, have the, the tail wag the dog a little bit here and say, you know what? This is what we're going to standardize here. We want you guys to catch up. You need to figure it out. Yeah. So I, we're going to let all the people in yeah. 100 communities or 275 community, communities recycle clamshells. You better figure out. How to make that work? Okay, if We're you on, want to yeah, have a contract yeah. with us, I, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. it's just, we've gone down this road for 50 years and we still can't figure it out. No, I completely agree, and it's been frustrating to see where, uh, you know, some attempts at legislation in terms of there was a compromise on a bag bill that didn't that failed, um, and there has been issues with uh, even uh, pharmaceutical disposals and such. So and, we, you know, it's it's kind of classic uh, environment policy. You know, you've got always. industry pushing on one side, and you've mm-hmm. got. Edith Macra, thank you so much. Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. Go to MikeNovak.net. You'll see all this information. It's really cool. You're doing great work. Thank you. The mayors are awesome. They're they're inspiring and they're challenging The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Balecki. We'll be back. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847 A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for Second Hour Capitalist Radio. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root, and bacon. 
What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Says you. All I need is good hey, food to Hey, welcome back. Music porches, Get that music out of there. Hey, well, oh, that was fast. Well, he did what you said. <laughs> I know. Randall's like, wow, okay. Hey, I didn't realize I had that much power. So I'm going to have to do that more often. Okay, Randall, stand, Make it so. stand on your head. Uh, pretty good. Earl, right. Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the other thing we add to that is... Shut up, Wesley. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful Sunday morning in the city of Chicago, and we'll be talking to meteorologist Rick DeMaio about that later in the show. And uh, as promised, and we're not doing it right now, uh, we're not doing it right now, but as promised, I will tell the duck story. There will be oh there goes and there goes the microphone. I mentioned the micro the duck story in the microphone just starts just takes uh, off. Yeah, it starts taking off. And and, and if you missed that, that's because you're not watching us right now live on Facebook. So go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook and watch us live. That's right. And we've got uh, <laughs> one, one hour of duck sounds. <laughs> Randall's on the floor. <laughs> See, he was, where did he, he lose control? He, he, he thought that um, we were really uh, pushing it uh, by just having sound laughter sound effects when, when we did that. But now I've got I've got I've got duck sounds, and uh, people really appreciate it. <laughs> so, and that's for you, Tony. We'll have a we'll have a laugh track. All right, thanks. All we need now is Ellen. Uh, Ellen. Uh, we could do that. I got. I'd have to load that in. You'd have to talk amongst oh, yourself dear. while I while I welcome Tony. Good morning. <laughs> that is Tony Abruscato, who is uh, Mister Chicago Flower and Garden Show. And uh, you know, normally we we talk to Tony when it is in March or. February There's snow outside and it's cold, cold but it's and, gorgeous and now we're, and we're getting ready to do things but what and I keep trying to drag this over and it's not working so you talk to him okay you just talk okay. so uh, Tony's the president <laughs> show director of Chicago Flower and Garden Show executive director of Chicago Gateway Green and founder of the Get Growing Foundation now that we have that out of the way, welcome, Tony. Well, thanks so much. Glad to be here. <laughs> okay, that's all the time we have. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Your title's just too long to fit on it's the plaque. It's getting there. Well, they, you know, they, I'm, I'm just going with Mr. Green Chicago now. That's, that's good, my it. new title. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> then, then where do I fit into that? If, uh, if you're Mr. Green, he might be green. King of green. Because you're... You're the king of green. I'm He's the, the green guru. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, yeah. There's... There's room for both of us, okay? That's all I got to say. No, I've got the so, .com and the .org. But, so, but, you know, uh, I, but you're involved in so many different organiz- yeah. organizations. We were talking with Edith Macra, who left uh, about uh, American Bloom. Right. Uh, you're, you're, you're on that. You're uh, with your, your own foundation. So, of course, you've got the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. But, um, the Get Growing Get Foundation. Get Growing Foundation. Which is, is what? What are you doing Well, uh, what, what we found is that for the Flower and Garden Show, it was great to do an event that mm-hmm. – educated consumers but what we wanted to do is more projects year-round and so we're actually extending the educational outreach and programs of the flower and garden show year-round and we're creating different projects and going into different neighborhoods and creating gardens and opportunities for people to learn how to garden and uh, do a variety of things which is why one of the reasons why we're here today because we have our our newest project 
uh, at the Taste of Chicago this year. Yeah, and that's uh, what we're going to talk about here this morning, uh, probably right when we get back from the break. But I also want to mention that Tony has been a terrific supporter of Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, um, which uh, just we just wrapped up the uh, entry uh, competition um, yesterday, and we have close to 100 uh, entries there. So we're very excited. Which is about, terrific. Yeah. I mean, I was up 11.59. I was waiting for the cutoff uh, and seeing who was going to come in. I kept tweeting out. I was doing a little tweet and a little Facebook cool. yesterday. Thank it's you. like, yes. stop procrastinating. This is the, you know, it's everyone always goes, oh, I meant to do that. Uh, and so it's important to get everybody involved. But I'm excited that we have that many. Yeah. And I'll be honest. If somebody sent one in today, I'm just going to say, okay, fine. All right. You know, right. Join the club. You, know, uh, you, you heard it here on the radio. Mike said... Well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I mean, let's let's enter it because ChicagoGardeningAwards.org. Yeah, ChicagoGardeningAwards.org, and you can still, you know, just just don't tell anybody. Just right. <laughs> just between us here, you just say I, no, just put no, in the no. comments section of your application. Mike said it was okay. I applied uh, yesterday, except that your email has a date stamp on it. But other right. than that, you know what. But uh, Tony's been a, a great supporter of that with the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and we really appreciate it. So, uh, and, and and when we should mention, there's a, 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 Peggy and I've been talking about Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards for a long time here. A lot of great organizations involved, like Illinois Extension, Cook County, like well, of course, Natural Awakening Chicago, and the Chicago Community Gardeners Association, Chicago Flower and Garden Show, uh, Park District. Uh, Forest Preserve District of Cook County, Shed, Shed Aquarium, Shed Aquarium, Sue Markreff PR, Chicago Land Gardening Magazine. Have I missed Advocates it? for Urban Agriculture? Advocates for Urban Agriculture. There's we know there's that, a, there's eleven groups. There's, so if you right. counted eleven, <laughs> Just, yeah, uh, and, and that count. Yeah, if we got to eleven, and if I got ten, oh, somebody. I think number eleven's calling in right now. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, when we come back uh, to the show, we're going to talk to Tony Abruscato about. The New Deal, which is taking the Chicago Flower and Garden Show to Taste of Chicago. In fact, he's even managed to drag Peggy and me down there. That's right. We're going to be there Friday doing a talk. And uh, William Moss, the garden boss, Mm -hmm. is going to be there. And a whole bunch of folks where you can learn about gardening, see a display garden from Christy Weber Landscapes. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a second. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. This is tree keeper number 417, hydrated, loppers sharpened, and reporting that Open Lands has tree keeper summer and fall courses in 2018. Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. Trust me, you'll be glad you took the course. The summer course is Tuesdays and Thursdays in Arlington Heights. The fall course is Sundays and Thursdays at Wells Park in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Now's the time to sign up for one of McHenry County's premier sustainability events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. 
The event takes place November 3rd, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items. And if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts, being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season. Last year's event attracted more than 1,100 visitors. Mike and I were there, and we know the expo is a fun way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know if you know what I mean. Alan! 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 I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know. That timed out perfectly. Wow. I'm impressed. I, I, love, I love doing stuff on the fly like that, especially when it happens. When it works. When it works. Yeah, because yeah, most, most of the time it doesn't. So, Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Tony Abruscato, Mr. Chicago Flower Garden Show, is here in the studio with us in his green shorts. And, yeah. yeah, because you are a green guy. Green, 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 guy. green bracelet. There. Green, little jade bracelet to go yeah. with it. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, your move, the Flower and Garden Show's move to Taste of Chicago, which starts oh, on right. Wednesday. Or, or the annex into the Taste of right. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, you know, it used to be uh, Taste was always on the 4th, and mm-hmm. they've kind of, I think that's a really good idea, get it away yeah. from the, it just, it just. Wednesday every, through Sunday. Everything was too now. too crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and now you can go down there Wednesday through Sunday of this week, so that's the 11th through the 15th. And you're part of something called, well, the, there's a, an official title. The what far, is Farm to Festival. Right. Farm so, to Garden Festival? No, just Farm, Farm to, to Festival. Festival. And so uh, the idea there is we... Well, we, actually, the uh, city of Chicago site says Humana Farm to Festival. I'm going to ring the bell. Okay. Humana. The inaugural <laughs> Farm yeah, to Festival. Right. And, and uh, I had to explain to my staff that we're not the first annual because you're either the inaugural or the second annual, yes. but you're not the f- first not annual. The first Otherwise, annual. it's just <laughs> wishful thinking. That's right. And so... Um, but no, it was, we were talking with uh, the Department of Planning and Development, and they were sharing with us their desire to create a farm-to-festival area inside the Taste of Chicago, create mm-hmm. something that taught people about urban agriculture and growing your own vegetables and food insecurity and a variety of different things. And so we uh, jumped on the bandwagon with the Flower and Garden Show and the Get Growing Foundation, and I said, we'll create a garden mm-hmm. that – has consumer safety and awareness as well as urban agriculture and educational programming uh, to to support this effort. And so uh, we connected with actually the Chicago Department of Transportation mm-hmm. is now supporting an initiative of the Chicago Department of Planning and Development 
all inside the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. And so, uh, wow. Follow um, that roadmap and diagram that sentence. Right, exactly. Yes. And so bringing all of those folks together, and then we brought in, you know, it, it reminds me with Edith when you talk about, you know, the, the Mayor's Caucus mm-hmm. and all these different groups. Well, who knew there was a Greater Chicago Damage Prevention Council and a lot of the utility companies and different partners, con- contractors are part of it. And so we brought in all of their members. And if you go to our website, you'll mm-hmm. see the our 11 different members um, of that. But they all came in to support this effort uh, at the flower uh, at the Taste of Chicago. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. And and uh, under the umbrella call uh, 811 Chicago, mm-hmm. which is basically like Julie. Right, right, but different. How is how is how Which is the call before you dig? Right. So 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 the the eight one one call before you dig. The city of Chicago is man that 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 operation is managed by Chicago Department of Transportation and works within the uh, the 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 Chicago border. Mm-hmm. And then everything outside of the Chicago border, inside the state of Illinois, is Julie. 811. So what you can do is now, instead of looking up different areas and what what county do I live in, what city do I live in, you can simply dial 811. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, if you're a big horse fan, if you saw the winner of the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and the Triple Crown, it was the 811, which is the national organization. Oh. 811 was yeah. sponsored the winning horse. They picked they picked a great horse <laughs> to, yeah. to sponsor. Uh, and so um, it's all part of that nationwide organization. And the idea there is that, as as you all know, you you have to know what's below. <laughs> and, oh, why? Oh, oh, come on. And, you know, and 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 what I what I found is, you know, as I got involved with the Flower and Garden Show and started working with these different groups is that um, not only is it a smart idea not to hit an electrical line or a gas pipe and blow up the neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. but it's actually the law. And if you <laughs> if you hit something and damage it, you're now fined for it and yeah. you have to pay Utility for the repair. Gets... And I, I always joke that um, even the homeowner gets fined and has to pay for it. And I always said, of course, when are you going to do that? It's going to be a Sunday morning and you're going to hit you something yeah. and you're going to pay – Double time and triple time, and into getting the gas company and the electrical company. Yep, and they're out there all it is night not a cheap well, well, position. Yep. Because when are people working in their yards on exactly. the weekend? Okay, exactly. They're not going to be digging at nine to five during the week, and, right. and yeah, it's going to cost you extra. So be smart. Know know where the uh, the lines are underneath the gas line, the water line, um, uh, electrical, whatever might mm-hmm. possibly be there before you dig. Well, so and, you, oh, I'm I was going to say, so you've got an eight one one. Uh, consumer awareness garden, right? So at we, the taste, right? And and within that, we're talking about call before you dig and know what's below. And we're, we're as similarly to we've done at the flower and garden show. We actually ha- uh, show where the pipes are in the different garden and that they're eighteen inches below the surface. Most people think they're three and four feet down. If you would yeah. think about it, how oh how low is the gas pipe? You'd think oh it's probably four feet down. Well, it's really only about eighteen to twenty four inches. Mm-hmm. So if you're planting a tree or putting in a, a a fence or even a mailbox, you're potentially you know ripe to hit. That, if you're that digging line. a post hole, right? All right, right. You're there you go. It's hole. like the perfect thing that to, to nail one of those, and that post hole digger will just chop right through that sucker. And <laughs> oh yeah, <it's>, like, <laughs> I smell gas in the neighborhood. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Suddenly, you're in a world of hurt. So, 
Uh, you've gotten uh, Christy Weber involved again. Yes. And so she's designing the garden. So what's can you give us a preview? Can you sure. tell us what's going to be in the garden? Sure. We can talk about – so they're they're actually designing the garden, and we started building it uh, this past Thursday right after uh, 4th of July. And so we're coming in, and there's there's an area on urban agriculture and, mm-hmm. and veggies and growing your own food. There's an area that is uh, on pollinators and native plants. I heard you mention that in the previous hour, talking about doing some of that. They're also showing, of course, some – patio areas and and ideas for that you can do especially in a smaller chicago chicago lot and then um, we've got raised planter beds uh, that will show people how they can if they don't have a big yard but how they could grow in containers their own vegetables and and areas there and then uh, we've put put up two big pergola structures in which we'll have educational programming and tremendous industry professionals coming out yeah. uh, and talking about it. And, and what day in particular do we have the best industry professionals coming out? On Friday. Friday. Yeah. Friday yeah. At, Friday. at 11. Right? At 11. Yeah. 11 a.m., yeah, I believe that. Uh, that was the in- industry professionals from Dover, right? Yeah, the pros, right. The, the pros from Dover, yeah, exactly, are coming out Friday. Uh, that's Peggy and me. We'll, yeah. we'll be there at 11 a.m. on Friday. And uh, we're doing a kind of a, a reprise of the talk we did at the Flower and Garden Show about mm-hmm. helping gardeners find information, how 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 you answer any garden question right. uh, by yourself. Spelling a few yeah, myths and, while we're at it. And I don't mean, you know, calling a radio station and, and, <laughs> and getting an answer there, although you, I suppose that's one way you could do that. But it's not the most reliable way of getting an answer. Um it is we, we Peggy is an expert researcher on the internet, and uh, I'm passable, and but I have a lot of connections, and I know a lot of uh, organizations that do this kind of stuff. So between the two of us, uh, we can pretty much answer any question. We're going to teach you how to do that there too. And I got a feeling we're probably also going to talk about some of the issues that we've seen this year in gardening. Mm-hmm. So you know, there right. might be people say, "Hey, I got this." You know, what's going on with this and this in the garden? And we'll say, well, uh, there was too much water is what (laughs) – and everything died. And then it was too hot. (laughs) Then it it was too hot, and that's what's going on. Yeah, actually, we still have uh, issues with our tomato plants. We're still trying to figure out. Both both of us have had the same issue with our tomato plants, and I've heard other people, which is leaf curl. Uh, oh, the yeah. tomato plants, and we're trying to figure out what the heck. And I got a feeling it's it, it, related to the weather, to the right. rain, yeah. the rain and the heat. Because they're and producing just fine. They're just curly. They're all yeah. curly and, and they, they, deformed. They don't like that. But those are the kinds of things. And then again on Saturday, ten thirty, uh, William Moss, the garden boss, right. will, will be there. But you've got uh, the, all every kind. day is just we've packed. got. Uh, you know, we brought in uh, different chefs because we're farm to festival. So mm-hmm. the idea there, you know, it's. Farm to table and farm to kitchen and farm to restaurant. So we're farm to festival. So we've brought in different chefs and we've brought in uh, one of my favorite, Gloria um, Hafer from, uh, uh, oh gosh, I just forgot, uh, After School Matters. Uh, <laughs> Gloria and her students do an amazing mm-hmm. job. And again, these are people that participate in the Flower and Garden Show as well. But we've reached out to them and all we had to do is make one phone call like we did with you and said, we want to educate people on different aspects of of gardening, and and of course these people just jumped in yeah. right away and said, "Of course we're going to do it," and and that's that's really key for us. Yeah. We, and we they're, have, they're at noon on Friday, right after they're we're at, on. yeah, they're yeah. right after you, and then but as you said, basically from the time the taste opens until five o'clock, we'll have programming all day long, which includes students from the Chicago High School for Ag Sciences. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also that's on get, Sunday. And that's a, well, they'll be there every single day. Okay. And that, uh, because they're actually, we built them into the display along with Gale Elementary. They're, they're, I wanted to mention that because they've been on this show. Augie Amua was yeah. on the show. <laughs> Uh, you've got all these different yeah. people that I noticed that they, a lot of them have been right here yeah, in the studio. Southside Absolutely. Occupational High School, Regina yeah. and Marissa, they've been oh, on yeah. the show. Yeah, so you've got uh, some really cool people. Well, and that's what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to bring all of these people together. Uh, we talked about AUA for uh, uh, with with the, the Gardening Garden Awards. Awards, and, you know, they're going to be out there as well. And so we wanted to bring all these different groups because you have, you have 1.6 million people coming to the Taste of Chicago. Um, over the course of those five days, ah. and what a great opportunity! <laughs> Yikes! To yeah. you know, to like you said, talk gardening and answer people's mm-hmm. questions, and 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 be that resource for them yeah. is so important. Which is back to the mission of the Get Growing Foundation is extending out those um, educational programs and principles behind the Flower and Garden Show. All right, let me ask a really practical question here yeah. about taste and you doing this. This seems like it's. Uh, now an educational component to Taste of Chicago, which is usually about people want, wandering down and buying food, all right? Yeah, turkey leg. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it? How are you going to get people there? I mean, is it in a, in an area where it's going to get enough visibility so people will actually stop and decide to learn something? Well, the joke is I asked them to put me by one of the beer stands. So, <laughs> so no, but that is by a beer garden. It is by yeah. a beer garden, and it's actually by the Petrillo Band Shell. Well, you and, get you get a beer ding yeah, there, okay. and uh, and it's actually by the new uh, uh, Taste Oasis uh, area. But but we're right on Jackson Boulevard, so we are we are right there. We're by one of the entrance and exits to it. We're right by the Petrillo Band Shell, so people will be going in there to listen to music and the, the acts that are there. But yeah, we're right. We're right in the thick of it, and and again, this was our. This is the first time ever. I always like to say that this is the first time ever that the anything inaugural this inaugural uh, <laughs> event. And so, you know, as we go through with it, our, you know, our ultimate goal is, you know, perhaps in the future we'll have, you know, a much bigger spot and and expand this this principle. But they put us in a great spot to try it out this year. Well, it's got to be kind of weird, uh, and it harkens back to the the one grand experiment that kind of failed miserably when uh, <laughs> Richie Daly tried to put Ouch. the flower show. Oh, I'm sorry. It did. It was just a disaster uh, when he was putting the flower show in Grant Park under the tents uh, in, it was even May and it, it was like 45 degrees and cold and wow. it just didn't. Yeah. And every, uh, I'll tell you the gala, were you part of this? Were you there? No, I was not. I okay. was not right. part of that. Mess. I was, I, I helped build a garden there. And so, first of all, it rained all week, and it was like 45 degrees, and then they had this gala on a Saturday night with women in sleeveless gowns who were with goosebumps, okay? And water condensation dripping from the pipes uh, (laughs) at the top on everybody's table and on everybody, and then this line for the women to go to the the ladies' room because they were heated. And that's why the women were going, is because they needed to warm up. As their heels were sinking into the (laughs) wet sod. Exactly. Flannel shirts and evening gowns. I mean, it was cool to be able to, we actually got to dig into the ground to put in these uh, displays, which is unlike Navy Pier, of course. But it just, the weather did not cooperate, and it was under a tent, and it was, and we had, we used cocoa mulch, I remember, mm-hmm. which molded within two days. Uh, and so <laughs> we had this this cocoa mulch mold on the display garden that I did with Mila, the Midwest Ecological Landscape Alliance. Oh, yeah. So it was just crazy. So the, the interesting side of that, talking about it, 
is it was the development and that experiment with that event is ultimately how I ended up owning the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Oh, my goodness. Because the the failure of Garden in the City inside Grant Park, actually the, the development of a second event a few weeks, a month away from the Navy Pier event caused a deterioration of the Navy Pier event. And so WGN Radio that owned it at the time canceled the Flower and Garden Show going forward. And then the Garden in the City event was a disaster. The city canceled that and there was no flower show. I remember that. And then they reached out mm-hmm. to the company I was working for and said, do you think you can throw something together in three months and put it together? And that's ultimately how I ended up mm. owning the Flower and Garden Show. Wow. And yeah, the rest I, is history. And the rest exactly. is history. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we've got a minute here. Here's what I'm going to tell you, Tony. You're welcome to stick around. i got a story I want to tell, but uh, we, can, we can chat a little more. I, wanna, mm-hmm. I think you'll like this yeah, story. we've got a few garden And we've got a few announcements, about. but I want to make sure people know that the Taste of Chicago uh, features the Humana Farm to Festival featuring the 811 Chicago Garden in partnership with the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. You can find that information at my website mikenovak.net or you can go to chicagoflower.com uh and and find it there it's it's all there and we want you to come down friday peggy and i are there uh we'll be talking and and but all week all week from 11 a.m to 5 p.m there's wednesday through sunday wednesday through sunday you'll learn a lot about gardening and uh cooking and all kinds of information thanks to tony abriscato and those great folks there all right Duck story. <laughs> when we come Quack. back, Quack. Quack. it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Balecki. Did you know most farmers travel less than 10 miles to bring fresh food to farmers markets? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. We all know that local food is fresher, healthier, and better for the environment. Here are a couple of more reasons to love your local farmers markets. Farmers get about 17.4 cents out of every dollar of food delivered to grocery stores, but they get 90 cents out of every dollar from farmers market sales. More than 50% of farmers markets now accept some type of voucher for food assistance programs. What's not to love? Find a farmers market near you by going to localharvest.org, eatwellguide.org, or the USDA farmers market directory. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, What to Do in the Garden, and even my column on the Inside Back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody? 
Is that like electronic duck? <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> this is disco duck. Come on, Tony. Oh. Get into this. Boy, if Mark Zuckerberg blocks <laughs> this one. Oh, oh man. Oh, boy, and Ron Cowgill just joined us. Just in time for that. Yeah. Hi, Ron. <laughs> uh, I don't even know when they get to the good part. <laughs> no, who oh, cares? That's Disco Duck, and uh, you can find that on YouTube, but who cares? All right, well, well <laughs> welcome back to the Mike Show. Mike Show with, uh, okay, Randall's just shaking his uh, head right see, now. If you thought, if you thought uh, me doing the laugh track was bad, Randall, okay, I got Disco Duck on this. This week. Uh, and it, it leads me into the. By the way, Tony Abruscato from the Chicago Flower and Garden Show is still here in the studio if you're watching on Facebook Live, and you can do that. And again, uh, starting Wednesday, Taste of Chicago, uh, you can go to the Display Garden, the 811 Garden, and uh, learn mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And it's a great place if it's really hot to get out of the sun, right? Yes, absolutely. We're going to have seating in there and some hay bales and education. And I, I, I did a talk. I remember a talk. I did a Taste of Chicago, I want to say 15 or 20 years ago, and it was in this big tent, and it was like 117 degrees outside, <laughs> and I got in there and went, hey, okay, how, you know, the big amphitheater crowd, maybe 100 people, all in a semicircle, hey, how many of you, of you guys consider yourselves gardeners? One hand went up. One <laughs> hand. I went, oh, this is going to be the longest 45 minutes of my life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. Okay. Uh, welcome back. And, uh, okay, so the other day I am going to meet Rick DeMaio and my friend David Stewart, uh, local veteran newscaster on Chicago radio, and we're going to go play golf. And uh, I, this is like my second time out of the year, and, and I'm very excited. And we're, we're going out to the west side of Chicago um, to um, Indian Boundary Park, Indian Boundary Golf Course. Um, and it's one of the Forest Preserve courses, and so uh, I'm headed out there. And I'm running early. Peggy, how often do I run early for anything? You know, it's such a nice sunny day outside today. I'm going to choose not to answer that one. Every so often, yes, you do run early. (laughs) Not very, okay? So I'm running early. I'm on diversity. I'm headed west, just around Narragansett. And and I look off to the side of the street, and there's this duck, a family of ducks. It's a mama duck, and she's got five little ducklings behind her. And she's starting to cross the street in a car in front of me like, swerves to get out of the way and i go whoa wait a second okay uh so i pull over and i'm thinking all right i'll get me a couple of snap shots this will be fun get a picture (laughs) and i wait i say you know get on get on back on the sidewalk mama get it get on the sidewalk there and and she does and i take some pictures and i'm walking away and she's going back across the street i'm going Wait a second. What are you, you didn't doing? Listen. They're, you know, and I and I shooed them back into this parking lot, and it's all asphalt and everything. I look across the street, and there's this church, and there's grass. And I went, "Oh, Mama's trying to get to the grass with the with the ducklings." And I, 
I, I'm looking around, and fortunately, there wasn't a lot of traffic. That it was early enough in the morning. I went, oh, okay, all right, I guess I got to do this. So I'm starting. I just like hold, hold up my hands. I'm going, okay, stop <laughs> traffic. Hold on, stop everybody. We got ducklings here, ducklings, yep. and. <laughs> Where, so I start escorting them across the street. They're like, okay, cool, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And uh, and the cars are stopping and they're watching. And this woman is sitting at the bus stop. She starts taking photos. I'm, okay, You're yeah. on Facebook Live, I'm uh, sure. Uh, no, who knows? <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought of doing it myself. But no, no, I had to get the ducklings across. So <laughs> we're going across the street and we get to the other side. And the ducklings go, uh, whoop, whoop. There's five of them mm-hmm. jumping up on the curb. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Boink. The one hits the curb and goes falls back down <laughs> and starts running back out into the street. I'm no, no, little duckling, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. So I'm running back out in the street, and Mama comes out too. It's like, ah, oh, we got to get the, uh, and and I'm just now I'm still holding the cars because uh, please, please, we're trying to get these ducks across the street. And uh, and then and then the little duckling comes around. I get them back, and then the the five go boop 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 boop, and all of them make it. Oh like, yay, okay, and Mom takes the duck, ducklings through the wrought iron and into the grass. And, yeah, and my heart was racing. I mean, I, I don't know why. I was just, because I, I thought, what happens if I can't make this work? Right. You know, how long am I going to hold the traffic here uh, while these ducks are crossing the street? And I don't even know where they were going to go because it wasn't that much lawn. It's It, it was this 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 canyon of concrete, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, with the little ducklings chirping, there, um, uh, it f- sounded like it was coming from everywhere. You could hardly identify the direction that yeah. the chirping because it was all echoing off the buildings there. So every time, I, wait, did we miss one? Did we? No, no, they seem to be all there. Uh, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was my the way my morning started. But fortunately, <laughs> I was running early. And I still made it for golf. See what happens when you run early? <laughs> I have a friend, my, my friend, Dan Gately, and, and he says this because I have my caroling group. And, you know, we do a lot of gigs in, in November and December. Yeah. And he says, nothing bad ever happens when you're running early. And he's <laughs> right, okay? But if you're running late, everything yep. bad happens. So, yeah, I still made it there, and I... I had a great day. I I I I I shot very well. I was see karma. It, I think <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that. So yeah, I, that was really fun. Um, so that that's my duck story, and uh, I'm sticking to it. And uh, so there's some photos on my Facebook page, which a lot of people are liking. Um, but it was um, you know, and I don't know what happened to him. I went back. After golf, to see, I, I couldn't find him anymore. So I don't. I I'm, I was trying she to imagine. Probably had. The nest had been somewhere over where she was bringing them back. Maybe. I hope so. I have no idea where they could have been in that neighborhood, but oh well. Sanctuary right. at the church. Yes. Right. So we are a sanctuary city. city yes. All right, just letting you know. Okay, folks, for ducks especially. Uh, we got some things coming up we wanted, to, in addition to Taste of Chicago. Um, the the main one here is next week, because we've been talking about garden walks. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the folks from the Dearborn Garden Walk, that's next week, and from the Bucktown Garden Walk, and that's next, that's week. next week. The Edgebrook Garden Walk is next week, uh, Sunday, July 15th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., rain or shine, so if it pours, bring your umbrella. Um, and it's the Edgebrook Community Association in partnership with North Branch Arts, is sponsoring the walk. Proceeds will benefit North Branch 
Branch Arts and uh, ECA Neighborhood Beautification Programs. It's a self-guided tour, as most of these are generally. If you want information, go to www.northbranscharts.org or www.edgebrookcommunity.org. And uh, they're also having like a a, a preview on Friday, Um, but uh, I'm not sure how open that is to everybody. But uh, that's the Edgebrook Garden Walk. They're having a silent auction as well. Oh, okay. And a raffle. So again, you can go to northbranscharts.org or edgebrookcommunity.org. And also July 15th, which is a very popular day. It seems to be this year, yeah. It's the Chicagoland Daylily Society annual daylily show. Um, Sunday, July 15th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Morton Arboretum. Entry to the show is free with your Arboretum entry. It's in the Sycamore Room Exhibition Hall. And you can go to ChicagolandDayLilySociety.org. That's ChicagolandDayLilySociety.org for more information. And and what you'll learn there is not all daylilies are Stella Dioros, okay? Right. Or, or those big yellow things that are uh, orange everywhere. Thing. Or I'm sorry, big orange, orange, orange things. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or Asiatics. What was that? Uh, oh, I can't, I'm not going to remember. Something. Some, I, there was a phrase that people use for the big orange ones, and I, it's very popular, and I didn't re- even realize it. But I, I call them the cockroach of the uh, plant <laughs> uh, plant world. My, mine actually, I had daylilies, the big orange ones that I was pulling out of my house, and I, I stacked them up all on a concrete driveway. And they and, were still living two and, years later? And I, I put a big note and said, free daylilies. People came, mm-hmm. and that the, uh, there was a small little pile left, and I came back the following week, and they were actually blooming on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so say come through that you cannot get rid of them. No. Uh, but I've been to this and this is really interesting. The Yeah, uh, and you know and you know uh one of the reasons I'm doing this is because they've written me for the last several years and said, "Hey, can you do something?" And I always forget. Uh so again, the uh annual Daylily show uh courtesy of the Chicagoland Daylily Society uh Sunday, July 15th, 11 to 3 at the Morton Arboretum. Um, and a great time will be had by all, and the liquor yeah. will be flowing. Now, oh, wait. They no, know how to party. No. <laughs> they know how to party, those daylily folks. Those daylily folks, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're crazy. They're nuts. Uh, and, and one more. Go ahead. Um, Little Garden Club of Wilmette's annual tour of Wilmette's beautiful two-acre Centennial Prairie is Sunday, July 28th. So you can plan ahead for this one. Right. It's not next week. It's not the 15th. But that is the weekend, second weekend of the Pond and Koi Tour. Um, but oh, that's right. We yeah. should let folks know about that, too. Yeah. But the Little Garden Club annual tour is 10 a.m. to 12 noon, July 28th. Tour leaders are Charlotte Edelman, the Prairie founder, and Daniel Suarez of Audubon Great Lakes. Uh, they will help you to identify native prairie plants and trees and find butterflies, bees, birds, hear some history, etc. And it's free. No reservations. Right. You just show up. You just show up July 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And you should know this is uh, Charlotte Edelman, who's written several books about native She's plants. She's been on the show. Been on the show several times. I've been out to see this. I mean, it's it's, it's you just get off the highway, go and take a look at the this uh, prairie that she put together in Wilmette, which is just, uh, it's by a centennial, well, it's in Centennial mm-hmm. Park. That's um, so Crawford and Old Glenview Road. And it's just amazing. What uh, what she accomplished there, um, and um, it's several years old now, so it's got a little bit of maturity. So you, you get to see 
mm-hmm. all kinds of native plants and, and how they evolve over the course of the year. You know, you come in, uh, start in spring and go through fall. And I've taken a, a lot of photos of that because it's uh, just real fun to be there. And, of course, it attracts wildlife like monarch butterflies. And, and, and it helps the, with storm management, Yeah, stormwater management. And we should mention, real. you mentioned uh, the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Their pond tour is this uh, month. Uh, at the there's four dates the 21st and 2nd and the 28th 28th. no 28th and 29th okay yeah yeah because saturday july 28th (laughs) right so 21st 22nd 28th 29th you go to mpks.org and you can get yourself a, a tour booklet and it's all over the area and you get to see koi in their natural habitat and and goldfish oh there's the music we got to go. We'll be right back with Rick DeMaio. From boat to doorstep, you can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. From Wisconsin to Indiana, from Lake Michigan to St. Charles, see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in the area on the Midwest Pond and Koi Society Annual Garden and Pond Tour, July 21st and 22nd and 28th and 29th. Get your maps for the self-guided tour at mpks.org and at local businesses throughout Chicagoland. It's only $15, and tour hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on each day. Get inspiration for your own garden and pond. Go to mpks.org. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Afternoons have never been smarter, 1590 WCGO. Smart Talk for the North Shore. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Blowing through the jazz in my mind. Yeah, when I was in college, this and... Uh, uh, what was the don't fly away fly away what was that one hummingbird or yeah yeah that was it seals and crops yeah yeah they just everybody was playing seals and crops uh but it's a it's a it's a nice song you know some of these songs that you got sick of when you uh, you know uh, in back in the day and then you hear them again you go okay i'm yeah you're like huh okay that's yeah. nice if i hear it once now i don't want to hear it 30 times uh <laughs> you know in, in two days but uh yeah if you, if you hear that song 
once. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, while we're waiting to get uh, Mr. DeMaio on the phone, and I believe that uh, Randall is uh, handling that right now. Oh, uh, and and there he is, uh, Rick DeMaio, meteorologist. How are you, dude? It's a glorious Sunday, isn't it, Mike? Uh, that's why I played Seals and Crofts, Summer Breeze, you know? So, uh... <laughs> are you down by the lake? Yeah. Uh, Peg, I just finished um, a four-mile bike ride, and then I did uh, about six laps in the lake and then did some meditation. So uh, wow. I'm, I'm off the lake right now, but it is uh, <laughs> the water temperature, as you know, has gone up another, what, two degrees in the last week, and we had east winds the last couple of days, and that's always good for keeping the lakefront shoreline temperatures yeah. rather warm yeah. as opposed to the offshore breezes that bring up the upwelling. So it's about as good as it gets. I mean, this is really fabulous stuff. Uh, would you, next time you meditate, would you do some of that for me? I don't, I, I just, <laughs> I just don't have the time to fit it in. So you, you take care of my, oh, medita- it, 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 and it's actually really easy. I sit there and I, and I just, I just kind of like slowly say the word, dump, Trump, dump, Trump, dump, Trump, dump, Trump, dump, Trump, Trump. It's a good way of, expelling you know bad feelings in my stomach but at least we got scott pruitt out of there right that was one that was one check in the right column oh my goodness he was he was uh a cartoon okay he was a a a cartoon of corruption and incompetence you know that and that's the scary part now the guy they're going to put in apparently is going to be by comparison low-key guess what all the pressure is going to be off of this guy and he's going to continue to do Mm -hmm. the same bad policies you know that's going to happen yeah, and you know it, it's interesting you bring that up because you know I had, I had quickly sent out um, emails to uh, the people I work with at Loyola, Nancy Tuckman and Chris Peterson and Aaron Dernbaugh, who's head of sustainability, used to work with um, Susan Malik McKenna down at the you know the Chicago yeah, Office yeah, of yeah. Conservation. I guess who doesn't exist anymore. Depart- but we, Department we all of the kind Environment. Of agreed. It's like, are, are we jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire with this guy Wheeler? I mean, if that's something that you go, okay, we, we, we got rid of, of one bad apple, does that mean the person that's in there is better? And, and the answer really at this point is no. The only thing that he might do is that he might actually be a little bit more under the radar, I think, as you kind of alluded to, a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that some of the things that he does – and gets through, kind of, you know, kind of go unnoticed. So, yeah. it, in, in a sense, Pruitt was kind of a lightning rod to make people, you know, from a grassroots standpoint, stand up and go, "Wait a minute, I, what did I hear him say he's going to do?" And, and you got to be really careful about about the EPA. That sometimes things happen, and you know, we don't know about it, and all of a sudden we we, we go, what, "When did that happen?" So, well, in, in a sense, Pruitt was kind of good for us because we kind of knew what he was doing all the time. Yep. Um, and in a sense, Wheeler might not be. So, uh, got to still keep our eye on on him from that standpoint. Yeah, I was thinking about this myself the other day, and it's like right. one rotten apple fell off the tree, went kaploosh into the uh, swamp, yeah. into the swamp, and then I looked up, and wow, there's still a whole bunch of rotten yeah. apples the on that tree. The whole tree is getting rotten, right? <laughs> and it's still in the swamp. Yeah. And the swamp gas is everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So this is the way that works. But but I want to get back to the yeah. the cool yeah. breezes and and not meditate. Oh. But but you know we played golf on Friday and and what Rick said 
earlier in the week he said it's going to be the best day of the week and when your meteorologist tells you that right. you 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 book you a plan time your day, you yes. get the tea time so uh it was yeah, I, I i should have got i should have got a couple of, couple of more mulligans for that because i definitely needed them <laughs> only on the front nine if, uh but uh <laughs> yeah maybe next time you know i told uh david stewart we were you know, he, he, he wandered into the tall grass a few, more than a few times to find his ball. Uh, but he found all kinds of different golf balls. And I said, you know, David, if you find six, we, uh, we uh, remove a stroke. Okay, so, uh, so half a dozen, you get to remove a stroke. Yeah, and, and, you know, we have to say also, Mike, you know, here it is. Uh, it's a city course uh, on Chicago Park District land. And it looked fantastic. I mean, you got to give the the city of Chicago and the park district a lot of credit for for keeping, you know, basically city property. Um, I think stellar. I mean, I mean, it, it really. I don't. I don't think people realize how much park district we have in Cook County. I mean, obviously the adjacent counties as well. But I think we kind of take it for granted that living in the third largest city in the United States. You know, I grew up in New York. We didn't have park districts. You had parks and things like that. <laughs> but the fact that you go into these park districts, you're literally you're 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 in a you're in a forest preserve that's really a preserve. I mean, it's about as close to nature as you're going to get, and you're still living in the city. Well, that's and the it, difference, it, though, Rick. It's pretty cool. It's really there's a difference between our parks and our preserves. Okay, the forest preserve district is was the first and the largest in the world. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, so that we have, we've managed, that was really a lot of foresight to be able to do that a hundred years ago right, right. in terms of parkland. We're still low down on the list. We need more parkland right. within the city of Chicago. Right. So, uh, but yeah, the four, yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. And, um, uh, and before we get to the forecast here, I just want to say you were talking about how well it was well-maintained, but they also, I'm more milkweed. Uh, was on that property than I have seen in a long time. I mean, they oh, had great. acres of milkweed. Mm-hmm. And so we saw monarchs and we saw other butterflies. We saw deer. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say, and the deer eating out of your hand. <laughs> out of Rick's hand. <laughs> yeah, virtually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, Ted. Here I am thinking about dew points and wind velocity, and Mike's talking about milkweed and, and monarchs. It's kind of a... <laughs> I don't know. They, they all tie think, in together. I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think Dave's, yeah, yeah go ahead. Go well, ahead, I Mike. just got to say that we've got uh, Tony Abruscato from Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and they've got a setup at uh, Taste of Chicago this week. So what can he expect? Of, obviously, he wants nice weather as well. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, we used to have Taste of Chicago run for 10 days, and there was always a period of hot and humid weather. We got that out of our system, you know, last week in this huge area of high pressure that really has been, I think, more so, uh, influenced by the fact that the water temperature in northern Lake Superior is still in the upper 30s to low 40s, mm-hmm. even though parts of Lake Michigan, particularly the south end, is close to 70, and the north end is about 60. Mm-hmm. So every time we get one of these air masters come down, they become modified, and that's what's going to happen again during the day on Tuesday. So one more day of this delightfully cool air mass today, high temperature probably up to about 85, probably upper 70s again right along the lakefront tomorrow. Warmer, more humid, up to 90, maybe a late-day shower, a thunderstorm. And then another area of high pressure comes in the same direction, maybe not as cool as the last one, but we get right back into the lower 80s for Tuesday, maybe mid-80s for Wednesday and Thursday. And again, right along the lakefront, 
temperatures mainly in the mid-70s. So this is about Amazing. as good as it gets as we head into, believe it or not, the hottest week of the year climatologically. So overall, things looking very, very nice weather-wise. All right. You just made Tony Abruscato very happy. <laughs> yes. Indeed. All right. Uh, Rick, we will talk to you soon. Let's uh, Let's play golf soon again, too. Sounds good. Peg, you're invited. Okay. All right. There we go. Okay. Talk to you later. I want to thank everybody uh, who is on the show today, uh, Edith Macra uh, and Tony Abruscato. Uh, I just got a, a, a tweet from Zan who said, ditch lilies is what the orange daylilies are called. <laughs> and that was it. That was the phrase. Uh, all right. That's it. Until next time, go green or go home. <laughs>